Do you find yourself saying yes to everything and then end up being totally overwhelmed? Keep listening for some very effective strategies on how to graciously say no. Hi, Shannon Waller here and welcome to Team Success. Today, we're going to address the very critical and common problem of overwhelm. So raise your hand if you felt overwhelmed, if you tend to have a lot on your plate, if you have trouble delegating, if you're not sure what to say yes to or what to say no to. So we're going to talk about this really interesting word called no. And I really love the quote from Annie Lamott, which is where she says, no is a complete sentence, does not require explanation or justification. And just think about the last time that you said no and how you felt the need to justify, how you felt the need to go, "Uh, but, 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 but. So I think it's really critical to realize how much we tend to say yes. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a team leader, if you're a team member, saying no can feel really, really challenging and hard to do because we feel like we should say yes. So let's talk about why that is. So the subject here is overwhelm and we're going to get to strategies for how to deal with it. So the problem when we say yes to everything is we say yes to requests that are essential. We say yes to requests that are, you know, connected to our main purpose at work, but not actually core to it. And then we end up saying yes to kind of everything. If someone asks us, we kind of assume that, oh, we must be the best person, the right person to take that on. And what I've learned is that's not always true. As much as my ego would love to be the source of all wonderful things for people, (laughs) it's actually not really the case. Sometimes I'm simply the most convenient person, the one that's handy, the one that just had an inkling about it. And if I go, oh my gosh, yes, I'd love to help you. And sometimes I would. My feeling is I would love to help them, but I need to ask myself, am I in fact the right person? Is it something that is actually their responsibility? Am I taking on their role when in fact it's what they're supposed to be doing? Or am I just going outside the bounds where I actually know what I'm talking about? Been there, done that a couple of times. So I just really want to stress overwhelm is something I hear a lot about in a fabulous conversation with some brand new clients this morning. It came up with the team leaders that I coach. It came up recently in our workshop. So overwhelm is a really important issue. And I think it's actually one of the things that strategic coach coaches and helps our clients deal with superbly because we get really, really clear on what is actually essential to be doing and then really how to graciously say no, or as someone gave me the strategy today, how to say not yet to everything else. And I want to share with you a circumstance that happened this morning. So I opened my email and there was a request that got passed on. I was the second person came in from someone who read one of our knowledge products and simply had some questions about it. And I was like, oh, first of all, great. I can, you know, I'm happy to answer this. You know, I'd like to come to the rescue. I'd like to be the hero. Raise your hand if that's you too. When I realized, I'm like, oh, okay, I actually can't get to this until at least tomorrow afternoon. It will take kind of a little bit of time to craft the right email because isn't someone I know or know well. There's no shortcuts on this one. And it will take a little bit of explanation. And I like to take care with those things. So initially, I was going to jump in and go, sure, I'll take care of it. This is the soonest I can do it. And then I moved that part to the bottom. And I responded to my colleague saying, well, here's the answer to your question. Yes, we can share this info. No, we can't share this. I'm comfortable with this level. Here's what I would explain. And let me know. I'm happy to jump in if you need me, but I'm not available until tomorrow afternoon. And what was that person's response? Why don't I do a first draft and then run it by you? 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I almost volunteered for like 45 minutes worth of work where I don't actually have a lot of time to do it. And then this other person jumped in, thank goodness. And by the way, this person's a brilliant writer, so she'll probably do a better job than I would anyway. And I'll just check it in terms of, you know, what's appropriate for us to share and what's not. So I realized, oh my gosh, I almost got myself into trouble. I almost got myself overwhelmed with too much to do in too short a time. Again, I know I'm not the only one who does that. And I just had to think a little bit more carefully about what I actually did. So it's interesting. We sometimes want to blame others for our overwhelm and say, oh my gosh, everyone comes to me for everything. Or, you know, why can't other people figure out how to get things done? Am I the only one? I know these conversations have crossed your mind (laughs) at least once or twice. And the truth is we kind of create our own reality with this one. If people are in the habit of hearing us say yes, or we don't ask them questions or we don't say, oh, well, how would you respond to this before we jump in with the answer? We like people coming to us for our opinion. I mean, who doesn't like being the go-to person? It makes us feel worthwhile. It makes us feel as though we're needed. And if we didn't answer those questions, we might wonder, what am I doing? What usefulness do I have? You know, how am I creating value? But often we take on too much. You know, we are responsible to get our work done. We are not responsible for everyone else and doing their job for them. So be really conscientious about responsible to and responsible for. It's a great distinction I learned from someone very close to me named Marilyn, who happens to be my mother. And she has this great distinction about being responsible to or responsible for. We are not responsible for other people, but we are responsible to fulfill our commitments. And we need to prioritize those first. But often we don't because of, you know, the emotions and feelings that I just talked about. Also though, because we actually are not comfortable was saying this wonderful, very short word in the English language and most others that I've heard, which is no. You know, and it's like, hmm, okay. This is something that is not part of our vocabulary. And by the way, this is not just team members. This is entrepreneurs too. It's why they say yes to all kinds of clients, even though they may or may, may not be a right fit for the business. It's why they say yes to business opportunities that aren't really opportunities. They have collaborations or deals with people that don't align with their value systems. And then guess what happens? Messes. I mean, overwhelm is one type of a mess, but so are all the other things that, you know, we just end up with too much of the wrong type of thing. So one of the things I love, love, love about coach is you get really, really clear about the activities that are best for you to do and the ones that are not. The people with whom you want to work, both what we call front stage and backstage in terms of your clientele and other team members. You also get really, really clear on the types of products and services and experiences that you want to create for people. It's not being all things to everyone all the time. It's like you have a specific way that you create value. You're addressing very certain types of issues for people. And it's critical that you're focused on that. That way you can become an expert. That way you can be superb. You can really get to know this sliver of the marketplace extraordinarily well. You can take incredibly good care of those people, but you don't have to be, again, all things to everyone else. But we're kind of scared. We have a little bit of a scarcity mindset with regard to this. We think that, you know, if we say no to somebody, then that'll just turn off the pipeline. Truth be told, though, 
when you have standards, when you have certain qualifications, you're like, oh, actually, here's who's a right fit for our business. The right people jump in your boat and the wrong people stay away. And then you reduce some of the complexity of your business. And I think this is true both for entrepreneurs and also for team members, because we can sometimes get ourselves into trouble. Team members can get sucked up into other things. The number of times I have had entrepreneurs and team leaders say, well, I have this awesome new hire. I just really hope I can keep them devoted to what I hired them for. Because I know if they're really good, other people are going to want them and they're going to get sucked into other projects. And I will not have the value of their expertise on what I think is a priority anymore. I heard this last week. I heard it the week before. I heard it the week before that. So we don't train people to say no, and we don't say no. It's like, if you hire this great person, keep them for what they were hired for. They will appreciate that, and so will you. So again, I just think it's very essential that we learn you know, gracious ways of how to say no. So let's talk about that. So we've talked about basically what the problem is, is overwhelm. Why we need to do it is so that we can actually focus do our best work, create the more value for people, kind of do what we're probably being paid for, front stage or backstage, both are true. But we don't often have good ways of doing that. So if we realize that we can't actually, again, be all things all the time, then we have to have a strategy for what we're going to say. So this is where the word, fabulous word, no, comes in. I've said it several times to get you used to the idea. So sometimes you can say, you know, it's interesting. I'm kind of intrigued, but it doesn't actually really fit in with my priorities. Is there another strategy? Is there some information that I could provide that would help you handle this? So you actually kind of put it off on the other person. They're like, oh yeah, I just want to know whether or not this or this is true, which is actually what my colleague was asking this morning. I said, oh, well, yes to this, no to that. And she's like, great. Okay. That's really what that person needed. And what I just kind of overstepped and jumped in (laughs) more than I really needed to. So kind of be very specific about what's actually required. Great question from Michael Bungay Stanier, which is the coaching habit. Brilliant, brilliant book, by the way, feel free to run out and get it. I think it's genius. And one of his questions is not sure I'm going to quote this exactly, but it's like, what help do you need from me? And it's a great question because sometimes what they need is itty bitty compared to what you thought what they were asking. And really asking those clarifying questions can be like, oh, I have a simple answer for that. Or actually what you're asking me to do is a little bit outside of my expertise. A coach would say my unique ability. And hopefully you know someone else or another resource that they can go to that you can direct them where it's off your plate. But you've been helpful. You've been useful without actually having to take it on. Then the other thing you can say is not yet. So this is really about just being clear that there's a time function to this because we can say yes and then get completely overwhelmed. Strategic coach has this amazing definition of a mess. The formula is M equals O minus C. So mess is equal to an obligation without a commitment. So this is when you have obligated yourself but you don't actually commit. So you've kind of emotionally obligated yourself and you kind of know this because it's immediately when the person leaves the room or you hang up or you get off your Zoom call, you're like, oh my gosh, why did I say yes to that? That's what I'm talking about because you've created a mess for yourself. You have an obligation, but you actually don't have the commitment of action to do it, but you've obligated yourself. That's not a fun feeling. So the fewer messes we create for ourselves, the less overwhelmed we're going to feel. 
put it that way. But often if you actually add a pause or a time frame in there, it's like, oh, you know what? That's interesting, but I know I wouldn't be able to get to it for at least three weeks. Don't think that's going to meet your time frame. Is, you know, can I help you think it through? Or is there some other thing we can strategize? And often people are like, that's kind of what they want to know. Can you provide some immediate assistance? If the answer is no, then they're going to go somewhere else. And you don't have to feel guilty. No guilt here, everyone. (laughs) There's no need to feel guilty about not being able to help. Now, if it's what you love to do and it's what you get paid for in the world, please don't say no to those things. That makes no sense. But here's the danger. If we don't say no to some things, then we actually won't have room to say yes to the projects and the work that we most love to do, that we are so passionate about, that we actually have aligned ourselves to want to be able to do. If you're so filled up with stuff, you actually never get to do the things that you most love to do and frankly can make the biggest difference with. So it's important to protect that. And it's important to have standards around the projects you take on and the projects that you don't. I said yes to way too many things as I was younger and I got myself into lots of hot water because I either didn't have the knowledge or the capability. I may not have been as emotionally committed as I thought I was going to be, or I may not have had what's called the striving instincts to actually get it done. I didn't have the mental energy required. There's certain things which I am brilliantly suited to do and other things that which I am absolutely not. Anything to do with a lot of preparation, a lot of scheduling, a lot of organizing, not my unique ability at all. I could do it for very short periods of time at the last minute. And if it's that kind of circumstance, I'm great. And if it's anything else, not so much. So there's a few roles at which I am well-suited and many, many, many more at which I am not. And I have learned to say no to those. And so I can say, you know, I appreciate that it looks like I would be a great fit for this, but truthfully, I've been in these situations before. And after a while, you would really regret hiring me, using me, whatever word you want to use. And they're like, oh, really? People respect that degree of self-awareness. By the way, I am talking about Colby. So some of you have heard me talk about this before. So if you want to know how your mental energy plays out, please go to colby.com, K-O-L-B-E.com and do your Colby profile. You will dramatically expand your self-awareness in about 25 minutes. And that's including reading the report, by the way. And then also StrengthsFinder. So gallopstrengthcenter.com is a fabulous place to go to learn about your strengths. And just knowing yourself, it will help you place yourself much more effectively and help you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. So my point is here, have standards. Learn to be comfortable. It doesn't happen easily or even quickly, but learn to be comfortable with saying no or not yet, or I'm not actually the right fit for this project. I I understand why you think I might be, appreciate that very much, but actually I'm not. And, you know, people are very responsive. They will not beat you into the ground and submission about it. You may have to hold firm, but people respect that. And then it also means you tend to be much better about when you engage them in something. It means that you have really been thoughtful about that. So saying no can actually open a whole world of possibilities, both richer, deeper conversations that allow you to make sure the stuff on your plate is actually the stuff that should be on your plate, the stuff that you actually are really passionate and excited and skilled at doing. And then it creates new opportunities for new growth as well. If we're so filled up, we cannot grow. We cannot expand. We have no mental energy or no mental space for learning. And I think that's absolutely critical if we're going to be able to grow. So probably giving you lots to think about. Feel free. I'd love to hear any questions or comments on your thoughts about saying no, how easy or hard you find this. But again, with a little bit of practice and no one kind of getting mad at you, you'll be kind of amazed at what will happen as you graciously, you know, 
not in an angry way, not in a mad way, not in a resentful way, but just say, you know, I'm not sure that's the best use of my time right now, or I'm really fully committed. You know, let, is there another strategy that we can figure out to get this done? And by the way, for team members working with entrepreneurs, one little tidbit is please make sure that your entrepreneur has filtered through their ideas. We have a brilliant tool at Coach called the Impact Filter. I talked about it a little bit. It's available at strategiccoach.com in our book, The Extraordinary Impact Filter. And Dan Sullivan, co-founder of Coach, says this. He says, if I'm talking about an idea and you're thinking that you need to take action on it, unless it's a company with an impact filter, don't worry about it. I'm just talking. And Dan has a lot of ideas. So the entire team could be running around like chickens with their heads cut off. When we get an impact filter from Dan, we know it's serious and to take action. And if we don't, it's just a really fun, interesting conversation. So that's a rule that we have at Coach, which I happen to love, by the way. I love that Dan has allowed us and him to filter through his ideas. And he has a tool for that. And I also actually ask it of other people. People are making requests of me that I feel like is a little casual. They haven't thought it through. It's like, oh, can you tell me the purpose, importance, ideal outcome, the best and worst result, and what your success criteria would be? And guess what? 80% of the time, they don't follow through. They're not actually serious about their idea. They were trying to sell me on it before they were sold. Well, it's not my responsibility to follow through on their ideas that they haven't thought through or aren't sold on. So no, I'm not going to do that. If they do, I know they're serious about it and that could potentially be a really fun and interesting and creative collaboration. So sometimes putting the onus on other people to see whether or not they're serious is also a great way to do that. So my bottom line point is please have standards for the things that you say yes to and learn how to graciously and effectively say no. And it is perfectly okay to have standards. I hope this conversation has been useful and thoughtful for you. If you have any questions or comments or want to share your own experience, please do so at questions at strategiccoach.com. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, here's to your team success. Mm-hmm.